Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, hell yeah. This is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to a brand New I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast on today's podcast. My full review of the four-hour HBO documentary on Michael Jackson called Leaving Neverland. It's disturbing. I have a lot to say about it. I watched all four hours. Plus, great guy, great actor, young 52 years old, Luke Perry, most notably from Beverly Hills 90210, passes away. Uh, We're going to talk about him. Uh, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers have 1.1% of making the playoffs, and I am very excited about that. All that and more on a big body, buckle up your seatbelt, brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. The Great Disruptor, a.k.a. Shaman Rappaport, a.k.a. The Gringo Mandingo. You are now rocking with the best. Can't stop, won't stop. Let me tell you something. I am so happy. I'm so happy. This is my uh, DJ Khaled impression. I'm so happy. So blessed to be doing this brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Some days are just built for podcasting. And this is one of them. So much going on. You know, they have tried to do this, tried to do that. To slow down the movement of disruption. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I mean, there's been there's been salt thrown, there's been fucking dust kicked in our eyes, but yet here we are to take you once again into the deep rounds, 15 rounds of podcasting, and uh, let's just get into it. Uh, first of all, this is this was disturbing, uh, sad, um, genuinely uh, upsetting. Luke Perry who 
was a humongous star uh, when he was playing Dylan on Beverly Hills 90210. And uh, everybody uh, knows the show, watched the show, or, or heard about the show, even if you're of a certain age, um, or if you're younger than a certain age. You, you've heard about Beverly Hills 90210. And uh, I saw the show when it came on, um, but I knew Luke Perry a little bit. Um, my son went to school uh, with his kids, so this is when they were really little. So I used to see him around the school all the time. And he was just always a good dude, a nice dude, sweet dude, caring dude, cared about his kids, just a worker, you know, an actor. You know, he, he got really, really crazy famous uh, from that character on 90210. You know, I just just remember him just a nice guy, a nice dude and cared about, you know, providing for his family and being a good dad and what schools are best for his kid. And I remember having conversations with him about public schools or private schools, whatever it was. Um, And it just said he passed away of a stroke at 52 years old. And that shit just freaks me out, man. And, And I really urge everybody, man, to get a physical. Do not take. Uh, your health and the appearance of your health uh, for granted. You know, even if you're feeling good and you're feeling strong, great. That's great. But just get checked. You never know what's looming inside. And and, and God forbid there's something that comes out of nowhere, um, whether it's, it doesn't matter what it is. We all, we all know that the bad things that are, that, that creep up, you know, strokes and cancers and blood clots and all that. And, and, you know, I talk a lot about my, uh, my health uh, on this podcast with ulcerative colitis and the bronchial and the coughing. And, you know, I talked about the fainting earlier this year. And, you know, I make light about the ulcerative colitis because, you know, uh, you know when you're shitting on the uh, 405 and the 101 freeway, you, you got to make light of it. But I, I really just can't urge all you guys. It doesn't take longer than a half an hour to go get a physical, especially if you're 40 or or over. Um, Please, I just, I can't, I can't urge you enough. I'm not your father. I'm not your brother, but I am uh, uh, your friend. If you listen to this podcast, I appreciate it so much. And I just, you know, without our health, we have nothing. We could sit here and struggle about work and getting the rent paid and and all the other things that are even uh, less important. Then those basic necessities, you know, the bickering, the arguing, your team going to the playoffs, you, you, you know, uh, raid, road rage and all that shit. But if you do not have your health, you cannot do jack shit. You can't do shit. Um, so please, everybody, just take the time to go get a physical, okay? Um, I know I go all the time. I do have the, the good fortune of having insurance. I know everybody's uh, situation is different, but I, I just can't. Uh, suggest it strongly enough to, to just get a physical, especially if you're over the age of 40. Go get a colonoscopy. Uh, get your prostate checked. Uh, just do it all. You know, I, I've made light of the prostate exam. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing. It's two seconds. You need to get all that stuff checked. Um, so uh, sad that uh, Luke Perry passed, 52 years old. And my experience, just knowing, I, knowing him, I never worked with him, just knowing him as two dads, um, you know, uh, to and from school and out about at the coffee place near the school, just a nice dude. And it was just sad, you know, 52 years old is so fucking young to some of you guys out there that are like in your twenties, you're like 52, that's no, 52 is young. It's nothing. Look at how he looked as a young dude, thin, uh, uh, seemingly in good shape, wasn't overweight, uh, wasn't anything like looking, just get, get a physical and, uh, you know, God bless uh, Luke Perry and, and his family, uh, sending good vibes, good vibrations, and good thoughts uh, your way. Um, so, on a lighter note, um, the Khloe Kardashian Jordan Woods situation. Kylie Jenners and the Kendall Jenners and the Chris Jenners and these fucking ratchety vultures continues. The other day, Jordan Woods, who I, I don't even, I, she doesn't do anything. She's she's a professional best friend of, of, of a almost billionaire. We all know the story. 
She's been accused of uh, fucking Khloe Kardashian's baby daddy. They're not married. He didn't wife you up, Khloe. There's a reason why Tristan Thompson didn't wife you up. And, and I said on the last podcast that Tristan fucked his way out of the relationship. And he did. He cheated on you before. And let's not forget that Khloe Kardashian cheated on his other baby mama before. And Khloe Kardashian is acting like she's some sort of victim in this. You ain't no fucking victim, Duke. You're a cheater also. Your mom, Kris Jenner, is a fucking cheater. She, she talks about it. She cheated. Uh, she slept with married men. She cheated on uh, her husband. Okay, it runs in the fucking family. That's how you guys get down. But when it happens to you, you're pointing fingers. You're playing the victim. And Tristan Thompson uh, uh, just didn't have the balls to say, I don't want to be with you or your family because I'm not just in a relationship with you. I'm in a relationship with this whole fucking wackadoo clan. He didn't have the courage to do that. Okay, he's a young man. I get it. It happens. So he tried to jump the wall, a.k.a. fuck his way out of the relationship. He tried it once. You didn't get the hint, Chloe, did you? You didn't get the hint. So he had to step it up and fuck your sister's best friend who's like a sister to you. And now Jordan Woods is like she's Jeffrey Dahmer out here. Uh, And the Kardashians are now taking down the women in their lives. They have conquered the male species one by one. It's only a matter of time until they start eating their own. I give a shout out, a strong shout out to Ray J and Scott Dizick, a.k.a. Survivor number one and Survivor number two. Ray J and Scott Disick are Kardashian survivors. They survived, you guys. They made it out of there alive with all their their faculties and their dignity in check. You motherfuckers don't care how it goes down. And now you're trying to point fingers at a girl who's 21 who may or may not have fucked or may or may not have kissed Tristan Thompson, Tristan Thompson, listen, we know how it goes. In this situation, the man has to make the first move. I don't know if he, listen, I put out a very, very, very hardcore rant the other day about this whole thing, suggesting Jordan Woods, now is your fucking time. My suggestion to you, Jordan Woods, is to get All you can out of this situation. Start a makeup line. Start a show. Start a production company. Start a jean line. Start a sock line. Fucking toothpaste. Toothbrushes. Whatever you can. Exploit these animals. Just like they tried to exploit you. Fuck them. Burn it all to the ground. You know the Denzel Washington movie, Man on Fire? You are now Denzel Jordan Woods. This is your Denzel Washington moment. Burn it all the fuck down. Jada Pinkett had Jordan Woods come on her uh, Facebook show that's called Red Table with Jada Pinkett. Had her walk through detail by detail of what happened or what didn't happen. They've been friends. She treats her like uh, uh, she's uh, Aunt Jada. That's her niece, her family, all stuff. I watched it. I, I didn't think it was in good taste. You, you know who that benefited? Jada Pinkett. She could have went on one of those interview shows, sold the rights to her interview, and made money. My suggestion, Jordan Woods, make every single dollar and cent you can out of this. You don't need to go on Jada Pinkett's Red Table. That benefits Jada Pinkett's Red Table. Now, if you sign the non-disclosure, you can hit me up. Fill me in on it, and I'll spill the fucking dirt. Because these people try to make themselves look so good, and they don't give a fuck who is in their way. You are now Denzel Washington and man on fire, Jordan Woods. What you gonna do? Okay, because if you don't take advantage of this opportunity now, in about a year, two years... When everybody's forgotten of this and you need to make some money, you're going to be like, motherfucker, 
I should have came up with a, like a, 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 I don't know, an ice cream line, fucking workout gear, who the fuck, car batteries, whatever the fuck you're into. I would do it all. I would throw it all against the wall like big, stinky piles of shit and whatever sticks, sticks. Okay? And if you want to spill the beans, you want to do it quietly, Jordan Woods, you know where to find me. I'll, f- I'll do it myself. You know all the dirt. Who they fucked, who they didn't fuck, who, who, who they backstabbed, who they've mistreated, who they've maligned. Shout out again to Ray J and Scott Disick, a.k.a. Survivor 1 and Survivor 2. I am Rappaport Podcast. So, at this point, the the Los Angeles Lakers have uh, exactly 1.1 chance, a 1.1 chance of making the playoffs. They lost to Phoenix the other day, uh, and they lost to Milwaukee the other day, and it's looking like the party is over. Okay, it's looking like the party is over. Uh, Season one, one of four for LeBron James. He signed a four-year contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. Has been a disaster. It has been. Now, I thought they were going to be great. I thought he was going to be able to do what he did last year in the playoffs and will them to the Western Conference Finals and then get swept the fuck out of the Western Conference Finals. And unfortunately... Unfortunately, at this point, unless it all turns around and 99.9% of the time, it doesn't work out that way. There are other professional players on other professional teams that also want to get into the playoffs. The other teams that are definitely not getting into the playoffs, like the Phoenix Suns, they're like, fuck it. We have nothing to play for. Let's kick LeBron James's ass. That's what the Phoenix the Phoenix Suns They stink. They fucking suck. And I'm glad they are out of the playoffs. Let's just say this. The Los Angeles Lakers are out of the fucking playoffs. Now, we can't have the full celebration and parade yet, but they're they're not making the fucking playoffs. It's just a couple of weeks till we could really celebrate and get wacky with it. But they have a a statistically 1.1% chance make the fucking playoffs. Okay? LeBron James has been... Blaming everybody. And also, uh, people out there know this. The I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast Think Tank came up with the term LeBron Blames. You'll see it on Twitter as a hashtag. You'll see other people use it, steal it. They all know where it came from. They all, they, you want to fact check? Listen, you know we don't fact check at the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, but if you want to fact check to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth, Feel free to do it. We, we, the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast Think Tank came up with that on our own. It's being stolen and reused. That's fine. It's not the first time. It's not the first time. Disruptive behavior, stolen, reused. The great disruptor, watch. That'll be stolen, reused. So many things we do here, stolen, reused. But LeBron James, a.k.a. LeBron blames, that's all us. Now, Now, right now, In the Western Conference Finals, the Clippers are in the number seven position to make the playoffs. The eighth seed is the Spurs, and then it's between the Kings and the Lakers, okay? The Kings are 31 and 31 as of this recording of this I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, and the Lakers are 30 and 33. Um, and, And if they were playing really good, you'd be like, of course they're making them. But LeBron James, he's just miserable. He's finger-pointing. He's walking off the court with 14 seconds. And and we got to start thinking of at at what point do we hang it up for the season? At what point uh, does LeBron James just say, I'm done. I'm finished. It's going to happen. There's no way he is going to be finishing every single game. Their last game is April 9th versus the Trailblazers. Uh, my prediction is that he will be sitting out the last mm, five, 
five to six games because this thing's going to be a wrap soon. It's going to be a wrap soon, and I'm trying to figure out, shit, maybe we throw a party. Maybe we throw a party right here in Los Angeles. Uh, I supported LeBron James uh, when people were were, were uh, defaming his murals. I was like, why are you defaming his murals in Los Angeles? This is one of the greatest basketball players ever. I didn't understand it. I thought the Los Angeles Laker fans were being spoiled um, and confused. And these are sickos anyway. You got nothing better to do than to throw uh, paint on a mural, you sick animal, you. Nonetheless, it has been a disaster for the Los Angeles Lakers, and we need to start thinking about what kind of celebration we should have when they don't, yo. The crazy thing about LeBron James not making the playoffs is that all throughout the playoffs, that's going to be the main conversation, which is just going to be weird and tiring and unawkward on all the basketball shows, all the undisputed, all the ESPNs, all the other shows. The conversation while LeBron James is uh, away on vacation is going to be how LeBron James didn't make the playoffs during the NBA playoffs, and I'm here for all of it. Good. I say fucking good. You thought you were going to come in the Western Conference a year older, more tread on those fucking tires. It didn't work out. It didn't work out yet. You executive produced the two chains record that dropped the other day. You put out another episode of the shop, which either needs to have two guests at most or needs to be two hours long. The show has six guests on it every episode. Great guests. And each of them says one one thing. You could do two hours with Jamie Foxx, two hours with Meek Mill, two hours with Antonio Brown, two hours with Two Chains. Instead, no one really gets to say anything except, of course, LeBron James. He's up there explaining how Anthony Davis, uh, who was also on the episode, uh, was never considered a disruption before, was never considered an issue before uh, the whole trade. And, and then he goes, and, and the, the phrasing of his words is such some sucker shit. He goes, and now you see how they doing it? Now he's a disruption. You made Anthony Davis a disruption, LeBron James. You and Rich Paul, his agent. You don't think uh, LeBron, you don't think Anthony Davis consulted with Rich Paul and LeBron James when he announced he wanted to be traded before the All-Star break? You did it. If you had any any interest in Anthony Davis's reputation, two days ago when the Pelicans played you at, uh, in Los Angeles, you would have told Anthony Davis, tell your coaches, tell your GMs, you want to play the entire game. That was a... Uh, a black eye on the NBA. Anthony Davis sat out versus the Los Angeles Lakers the entire fourth quarter of a, of a regular season NBA game against LeBron James. I would, If I was Anthony Davis, I would have said, listen, I get it. I know the plan. I don't want to get hurt. You don't want me to get hurt. I get it. But in, on national television, we're playing LeBron. Let's go for the win. L- let me play the whole game. You didn't do it, Anthony Davis. Yes, Anthony Davis was not a distraction. Anthony Davis was just considered a low-key great player before you got your fucking hands and your fucking cockamamie ideas on him, LeBron. It's all your fault. Hence, hashtag LeBron blames. Other NBA stuff. Uh, We're heading into the thick of the thick. It's going to go quick. March is going to go quick. Yo, we're in March right now. This is insane. We're we're on March 5th. This is crazy. Um, March 20th is my birthday, the Gringo Man Dinko's birthday, um, by the way. 49 years old. I'm going to be 40 fucking nine years old on March 20th. Listen, I'm not celebrating jack shit about turning 40 fucking nine. Okay. Uh, If you want to say happy birthday, that's great. Other than that, there's no cakes. There's no fucking cupcake. There's nothing. That's a piss shit birthday to celebrate. 49 years old. But I will say this on the 21st, March 21st, I will be in Ontario, California, Ontario, at the Improvisation, the Improv in Ontario doing stand-up comedy. 
And a week before that, March 14th, that's next Thursday. March 14th is next Thursday. I'm going to be at in Oxnard, California at Oxnard Levity Live. You get tickets for both of these shows at theimprov.com. Improv.com. March 14th at Oxnard Levity Live. March 21st, the day after I turn 40 fucking nine. I'll be in Ontario, California at the Improv in Ontario. Tickets are available at improv.com. I don't even know how the fuck I got on that. Jesus Christ, I'm going to be 49 years old. I don't feel 49. I feel 17. Now, I know that physically, uh, I don't know what age I look to you fucking people. I don't want to know what you think about uh, what age I look. Okay? Uh, But inside, my inner child is 17. And he's talking shit. Um, and he's he's just he's just looking to fuck, not physically, uh, uh, philosophically, okay, not physically, uh, uh, philosophically. Um, Trey Young got the most sucker, skinny jean. First of all, Trey Young is the rookie of the year. Luka Donick is nasty, but uh, Trey Young, if he keeps going, he's the rookie of the year, hands down. This month, yo, the NBA, the way it is right now, like it, don't like it, uh, have an issue with it, uh, don't have an issue with it. This is the NBA that was built for a guy like Trey Young. He's undersized. Um, he shoots from way the fuck out there. He goes to the basket. He's exciting. He he shakes. He bakes. He wiggles. Um, and he's a nasty motherfucker. He hit forty nine the other night. 40-something the game before that, and he got called for a technical foul, his second technical foul of the game, for for shitting on somebody from the Chicago Bulls. I can't remember who it was. He shit, and then Duke, who he shit on, turned his back, and Trey Young was staring at his back, and they gave him a tech for that. They gave him his second technical foul, which fouled him out of the game. I don't know if he, like they said he said something too. He he had to have said something really bad for, for them to call a technical. Like, suck my dick, punk ass bitch. Like something like that. Maybe. And loud. So like people in the second and third row could have heard it. Uh, but other than that, like if he said, you suck my dick, bitch. Uh, to the guy that he, and, and he's staring at, but they said he was staring. But you can't stare at somebody when their back is turned towards you. You see what I'm saying? So he's staring at the guy's head, the back of his head. I never seen anything like that. It was all over uh, uh, the internet and the sports shows. It was crazy. But Trey Young is that dude. I'm mean, Luka Donick is is that dude also. But Trey Young is is heating up, and he ain't got nothing to play for except that Rookie of the Year uh, trophy. And I think if, if he stays healthy, he's going to win that uh, Rookie of the Year trophy because he's he's on that shit. He's on that 2019 grew up loving Steph Curry shit, and uh, he's about that that putting points on the board. Life. I am Rappaport Podcast. So I'm out of NFL mode. I'm out of fantasy football mode uh, although uh fantasy football we start our work um draft time not fantasy football draft we start our work uh as fantasy football champions as fantasy football gurus as fantasy football senior analysts during the nfl draft we don't wait till late july we don't wait till august our work is being done early we're watching combine tapes Watching these guys run, jump, throw, all the things. The only sort of NFL story that is of discussion right now has been Antonio Brown, who I think is a fuck-up of some sorts. I can't put my finger on what kind of fuck-up. I've never really heard him talk in an interview. I know he gave an interview the other day, um, but he he's fucking himself up. And Larry Fitzgerald, the great Larry Fitzgerald of the Arizona Cardinals, um, 
one of the classiest men in the NFL. Everybody loves him. Uh, he's a fantasy football beast. He's a real-life beast. He's going to be a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and just pure class. He made a comment the other day that that started a whole uh, a bunch of other people, including myself, to chime in. And, and he's dealt with good quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks, hot quarterbacks, injured quarterbacks, second-string quarterbacks, all, all sorts of quarterbacks during his career. Antonio Brown only knows Ben Roethlisberger. You could say what you want to say about Ben Roethlisberger, but he's a Hall of Fame elite quarterback who could throw the fucking ball downfield. And Antonio Brown has had a good career, a great career. He's one of the best uh, uh, now. Uh, he, he, he needs no introduction. But I think this guy is being led astray by his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, who's the same guy who led astray Terrell Owens. Listen, these are grown men. They're going to do what they want to do. First of all, Antonio Brown, you're running around with a blonde goatee. You look fucking nuts. That's number one. Number two, you're talking all out of pocket about everybody and anybody that you can that has to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't know what it's like to be without Ben Roethlisberger. And Fitzgerald was saying to be able to play with an all-time quarterback every single year of his career. He he doesn't get how good he has it. But the thing that he also doesn't get is like Antonio Brown. Um, you see, he said the thing the other day. I don't need football. Um, when it comes to this negotiation, it's going to be my way or the highway. You do need football because Antonio Brown. You don't have that charismatic personality. You've been a great football player while you've been in the NFL, but you're not a transcendent star. So you can get on all these shows and do this and go hang out with LeBron, but not everybody is LeBron James. Not everybody is Kobe Bryant. Not everybody is Steph Curry. Not everybody is Michael Jordan. You're not one of those guys. You're not particularly likable as a personality. Not saying you're a bad person or a good person. Um, And yes, you do need football. There's nothing you're going to do in your life that is going to pay you as much as football. So I don't know who got it in his head or everybody's uh, thinking they're, they're in their Muhammad Ali moment. You're not, Duke. If, if I was Antonio Brown, I would figure out the best team with the best quarterback who could throw him the ball the most amount of times. And if it's somebody like Tom Brady, yo, you'll be great with Tom Brady, but you're never going to be the focal point of any New England Patriots team. I don't know where this dude is going to wind up. I'm just surprised that, that that between Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, who no one's talking about now, it's gotten to this, this point of like, uh, it's a free-for-all, a shit-talking free-for-all. He's complaining about him and Ben Roethlisberger don't hang out. Ben, talk to Ben Roethlisberger about this. You want to be friends with Ben Roethlisberger? You don't like how Ben Roethlisberger uh, uh, talks to you or treats you? Man the fuck up with Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe take him in the bathroom and you throw down for five minutes. But talking about it to this person, to that person, and to this NFL show and that NFL show, none of that is going to help your case. And for, for And then today he said Shannon Sharp... Beloved Shannon Sharp, who who was out on a limb on a major sports show, taking stands. And let me tell you something. Look at Jamel Hill. These people get fired. These people get fired. Yo, Shannon Sharp doesn't hold his tongue about politics. Shannon Sharp doesn't hold uh, his tongue about players' rights in the NFL. And Antonio Brown called him a coon. Because Shannon Sharp was basically saying the same thing that Larry Fitzgerald was saying the other day on Undisputed. Yo, Antonio Brown, yo, yo, you're 31, B. Yo, this shit, this shit ends quickly. And everybody's a fan of the way he plays, but there's something about this guy's personality and there's something about the way he's handling this thing thing, that you could just see the writing on on the wall. The NFL does not stop for anybody, whether you're Joe Montana, Lawrence Taylor, Don't matter who you are, Tony Dorsett, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. You're not even close to being revered like Tom Brady. Yo, the NFL is not going to stop and to say you don't need the NFL, you don't need football. All right, 
I hope you're saving your money because you got a lot of cars and a lot of fly shit. I hope you're doing good things with your money, Antonio Brown. I'm a fan, but you are bugging. You are bugging. All right, we're going to do a couple of sick fucks before we get to Michael Jackson. And somebody asked me, what's the name of today's I Am Rapport Stereo podcast? And normally we don't give the episodes names, but the segment at least, not the whole episode, because the whole episode is eclectic. It's just eclectic shit talking from the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. Uh, but the Michael Jackson leaving Neverland segment is called Leaving Neverland and Never, Ever, Ever Going Back, especially. To the bedrooms. Okay? I'm going to break down all my feelings about what I saw in the four... It's a little bit more than four hours. About four hours and 15 minutes. Two parts on HBO. And it is... I got to be honest. It is fucking disturbing. We're going to get to that uh, after we do these sick fucks of the week. Miles, Jordan, please let me get the sick fuck of the week theme song. This is an award that is earned, not given. Earned, not given. It's called the sick the fuck of the week. Of the sick She's fuck. really fucking sick, man. She's fucking whack. Why? Make him stop. You smell like a sick fuck. You look like a sick that fuck. That ain't supposed to be on a plane, you sick what you, fuck. What, you. what are you doing? Hey, man, leave that chicken alone. Leave the chicken alone. Well, what are you doing to the chicken? That doesn't belong in a chicken. Yes. Hear it. Oh, it's so sweet. So nice. It's just the sultry sounds of the sick fuck of the week theme song. If you never listened to the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, you are now listening to the award-winning sick fuck of the week segment. This is a segment that is uh, given out to a certain kind of sick fuck. It is uh, uh, earned, not given. Earned, not given. It goes out to a certain kind of sick fuck who has a special, uh, as the French say, uh, uh, what do they say? Oh, yes. Je ne sais quoi. Um, the first sick fuck of the week, uh, her name is Demetria Nix. Um, and I believe she's from the UK. Um, she's a sick fuck of the week, craving for attention. Um, she has put out social media videos of her smearing, um, decorating, splattering her own period blood all over her body, all over her house. And she thinks she's uh, uh, teaching people um, that it's okay to have your period. You are not okay with your period. You are craving attention. You are a sick fuck. She said uh, that she was ashamed of it. Uh, she, she was ashamed of it and embarrassed of it. Uh, with her boyfriend, that's not our problem, okay? Maybe the boyfriend that you were with is is a punk-ass mark. Maybe uh, the boyfriend that you were with uh, wasn't treating you right, whatever it is. You don't need to be putting out this nasty shit on social media. She said uh, as a teen she was embarrassed about her period and viewed it as disgusting. So why would you want to stuff it down everybody else's Face and throat, literally, she smears the period blood all over her face. I, I mean, this is, you sick animal, go to therapy. Instagram videos are not going to help you, okay? Uh, when she's not smeared in period blood, she looks uh, very pretty. I'm sure she wants to be an actress, a model. Yes, yes, she lives in Los Angeles now, and she works as a sex coach. That's her job. Working as a sex coach. Wait a minute. That's her. F okay. Well, listen, uh, Demetria Nick Nix Mix, whatever the fuck uh, you, you, you're calling yourself. Uh, congratulations, you've made it to the sick fuck of the week. Uh, next, a Texas man. Now I don't know if this guy is a sick fuck of the week or dad of the year. A Texas man uh, named James Peace. His last name is Peace. P e a c e. Uh, was arrested, faces uh, charges uh, for child endangerment and a couple of other uh, charges. Uh, he slapped uh, a middle school bully in the face. Uh, his stepdaughter was being bullied. Uh, he's from Deer Park, Texas. 
uh, is accused of hitting a 12-year-old because the boy teased his stepdaughter and threw ice cream at her. Hey, you know what? This guy isn't the sick fuck of the, uh, of the week. This is a good father. Now, listen, you can't go around slapping 12-year-olds, uh, but his daughter was probably upset. This little boy uh, smacked a girl. Well, now you got smacked by a bigger boy. Uh, you know what? Scratch this guy. You're not the sick fuck of the week. You're up for 2019 Father of the Year. In Earlville, Iowa, uh, which I've never been to, never heard of before, a hog farmer. He is a hog farmer. I believe that's uh, pigs. I think, yeah, or hogs, pigs. I think, I don't know. Listen, I don't fact check. I, I, I eat it all. I eat it all. Pigs, hogs, steak, chicken. You know, my wife is on this vegetarian shit. We had some friends over the other night. She hadn't made a chicken in this house in over a year. She didn't know what the fuck she was doing anymore. Uh, she's a great cook. Uh, but in Earlville, Iowa, Todd Mills, 42, who looks like a sick fuck, has been accused and was arrested of murdering his wife, stabbing her in the back a bunch of times with his corn rake, his own corn rake. This cocksucker stabbed and killed his wife. He looks like a sick fuck. Smells like a sick fuck. Hence, most likely, he is a sick fuck. Oh, this is also uh, out of Texas. I think that Texas and Florida, with Florida being number one, uh, uh, hands down, Texas, Florida, and Virginia is where we get most of our uh, our material here. Again, a shout out to all the people that are submitting these sick fucks. Of course, the sick fuck of the week whisper, Mike Schaefer. Um, all the fans who DM, email uh, OG Paul Wall from Houston, Texas, um, who, who's very adamant and very passionate about tracking down sick fucks. Uh, but again, this sick fuck happened in Sci-Fair, Texas, a softball coach at the uh, Sci-Fair, Texas organization has been fired. He was charged with assault after he allegedly attacked a grandmother at a game. The entire incident was captured on her cell phone. Donna Edwards, 60, was attending her 11-year-old granddaughter's saw. These are kids playing. Uh, when the adults started yelling, screaming, uh, this sick fuck uh, got into it with, with one of the parents and got into it with the grandmother. Uh, the video was posted on Facebook and then he body slammed. He body slammed Grandma Donna Grandma Donna was just there to watch her 11-year-old granddaughter play the game Duke. What the fuck is the matter with you? You body slammed Grandma Donna at a softball game on a Friday night? Lock him up. I will say this next one, I'm a little, um, I'm a little late on. I, got, uh, I submitted this by a bunch of people. Again, I don't mean to point fingers, but again, Texas, Houston's in the house. H-Town is in the house. Home of OG Paul Wall. A man was arrested in a police sting. They searched his home as part of a bestiality investigation. This sick fuck. Juan Pablo Tashin was arrested for allegedly offering up his pets. He offered up his pets for sexual intercourse. Uh, uh, so that means he was pimping out his pets. This guy needs to be locked the fuck up. This guy is facing three counts of bestiality. And hopefully, hopefully, his dogs have been uh, taken care of and rescued. Um, and when he gets locked up, hopefully, his cellmate will be a dog lover. And, and the cellmate will say, hey, Juan Pablo, what are you in here for? And, and this guy's going to have to explain that he was pimping out his own dogs for people's sexual delight. And hopefully this guy will wind up getting that good Wonder Bread bag and olive oil treatment. Finally, a guy named Juan Corona who looks like a sick fuck and is a convicted murderer. This cocksucker murdered 25 men. 25 people. This guy's crazy. 
He was diagnosed with schizophrenia and subjected to shock therapy 20 years before he was convicted in 1973, two years after 25 bodies of migrant farm workers were found and buried in the orchards near Feather River and Sutter County. This all happened in California. This sick fuck killed 25 people. Well, the motherfucker finally died in prison at 85 years old. Yo, I I don't see how you can can kill 25 people and we, we waste space. This is just my opinion. Some people may not believe in this, but we waste space, time, and taxpaying money on keeping this guy alive in prison. You, he's convicted of killing 25 people. And we got to uh, pay to keep this animal alive? No. No. No, 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 no. Fuck no. I am Rappaport Podcast. All right. So, oh, man. Um. So normally when I record a podcast... It's just straight through. So I'll pull back the curtain a little bit because this this episode on Sunday the 3rd, I watched part one of the Leaving Neverland, the Michael Jackson documentary, which was two hours and like five minutes. And then right before recording this podcast, I watched part two of the documentary and you know I was thinking about uh the recording of this podcast all day and how would I talk about this and maybe I should uh ILO Michael Jackson or maybe I should Willie Hutchum and I think I'm gonna do that but you know just just watching it and then starting to record it um I don't know if anybody listened to the uh, or saw that saw that documentary, but it's so it's so disturbing and so detailed and so graphic um, that it's hard to make any jokes about it. And as much as I uh, have Michael Jackson jokes, and he deserves to be ridiculed. And I think anybody that sees this documentary will be left just saying and thinking the same thing. Like this, these two people that spoke on this and their families and their mothers and their wives and their, their, their grandmother, one of the kids' grandmother, and they articulate in such detail the, the lifelong grooming. They talk about being groomed and trained by Michael Jackson and and manipulated and groomed and trained by him. There's nothing funny about about this fucking film, Leaving Neverland. Um, The one kid, Wade, who most people will recognize because he's been in music videos. If you were a fan of Michael Jackson, you saw him in Michael Jackson videos. You saw him around Michael Jackson videos. You saw him um, with Michael Jackson. You saw him around the trials uh, that took place. Uh, when they were putting him on trial, he testified when he was 11. Um, he testified again when he was 21 in 2003. Um, the other kid, uh, Sapak, I think is his last name. I think that's correct pronunciation. Um, let me let me just back up. Both of them got in touch or or met Michael Jackson when they were seven years old. The kid Wade was a Michael Jackson fan. This is in 1997, you know, when Michael Jackson was the biggest fucking star in the world. Like he was like, it was like Superman, Batman, Michael Jackson, you know, maybe Michael Jordan, but Michael Jackson was bigger than everybody. He was gigantic. This kid won a dance contest Um, in Australia. He lived in Australia. The dance contest prize was to go on stage and to meet Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson took a liking to the kid started reaching out to the family um, and, you know, calling the kid all the time and calling the family all the time, all the fucking time, Um, and then faxing them all the time. And they have all the faxes and all this stuff. And um, then 
assisted in the family uh, moving to Los Angeles, and because this kid Wade, you know, had talent, and and Michael Jackson, you know, uh, assisted that, and this kid Wade Robson, who's probably like 28, 29, maybe thirty now, um, articulates everything. His mother articulates everything. His sister, they were all along for the ride. The mother, the sister moved. They up and left Australia. The, the mother takes a lot of responsibility for, for enabling the whole situation. Um, but they moved to to Los Angeles to, to uh, you know, pursue this dream of being, I don't know, stars. Uh, this kid Wade was going to be like a Michael Jackson protege. And the mother allowed the seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old to sleep over with Michael Jackson for days at a time, which is fucked up. But which is more fucked up is that if you're a grown fucking man, why the fuck are you hanging out with a nine-year-old boy? And let's say you're just a weirdo and you love kids. Why do you want to hang out with a nine-year-old boy by himself? And why do you want to hang out with a nine-year-old boy and have sleepovers with him by yourself? Michael Jackson is a sick, nasty motherfucker. Straight the fuck up. And, and a lot of people that are, are, are continuing to defend Michael Jackson, because the case was tried. Uh, the cases against him were tried. There were two cases that were against Michael Jackson. They were both tried. This kid, Wade, who was abused um, from the ages of 7 to 14, he testified on behalf of Michael Jackson both times. And he was considered the key witness when he was 21 in the case that was against him in 2003. Remember the case where Michael Jackson was like at the court all the time, dancing on cars. He would show up. He was zonked out of his fucking tree on whatever he was on. Remember that shit? And then he was finally uh, found not guilty. This kid, Wade, was the star defense witness. He stood in the pocket for Michael Jackson and said, I had this friendship with him. I slept over with him and nothing ever happened. And some people go, well, why didn't he do it then? I'm not a, a, an abuse expert, but when you see the film and you think about uh, the way a mind can work and you think about the way this kid was groomed and trained and you think of the whole extra thick, um, very complicated layer that it was a person who he idolized from a very young age, who basically his whole childhood is associated with Michael Jackson. And he actually didn't come to terms and didn't start admitting the abuse till Michael Jackson passed away. And he actually um, wound up having a, a kid of his own. And they talk about uh, how abuse, when you have your own kids, how it sparks something. Listen, it's four hours. There's so many, so many fucking complicated things. Uh, the other kid, ha in the documentary, like, an hour and a half into it, he shows rings that small rings that were that were fit for a small little kid. Michael Jackson had mock wedding ceremonies with this little boy. That's right. He had mock wedding ceremonies with a little boy that he was molesting and saying that this is our secret and God brought us together and this is how we show each other love and fucked up terrible shit. And the details and graphicness that they, they talk about, the way he touched them and, and, and how he touched them and what he did to them, what he tried to do them, uh, the repetitiveness of it. It, was all, it wasn't like one time. It was, it was a hundred times or hundreds of times. It was when they were alone, he would violate them. It's fucked up. They talk about how uh, in Neverland, in his home, Neverland, how he would have rooms inside of rooms and there would be doors inside of doors with locks inside of locks. And he, he would sort of rehearse, if somebody comes, we're going to do this. Um, and, you, you know, you, you get dressed here and unlock this door, but don't lock that and I'll answer that. One of the craziest things besides the mock wedding, and this kid shows the rings. He shows like three or four rings and he talks about we'd go to the jewelry store and we would pretend and he goes, that was part of the seduction and the training and the grooming it was like, it's our secret. You know, we're going to tell it's for a friend, but the ring's really for you. 
You know, and this is like when Michael Jackson's like fucking from another planet famous. But but one of the other craziest things is the mother of the kid, Wade, when he was seven, and she had a relationship with Michael Jackson too. So did the sister. Like he's grooming the whole family, building up trust from the whole family. He would go over to their crib the Sapak kid, I think his name is James, James Sapak, he would go, they lived in a, like a regular crib in, in the valley. He would go over there and sleep over there and hang out with them for days at a time, days at a time. Um, but he asked the mother of Wade, the Australian kid, if Wade could come live with him for a year. This nasty, sick motherfucker asked for a seven-year-old. He said... Can he come stay with me for a year? And she was like, fuck no. And when, when she's breaking down the details of it, you're like, this is not being made up. There's too many people. And historically, um, in Hollywood, in general, but in Hollywood, this is a Hollywood story. When there's smoke, there's fire. Um, and this movie has less to do with the fact that it it's Michael Jackson abusing kids. And do you believe that Michael Jackson abused the kids? Then it has to do with kids that were abused. This film is about kids that were abused. Um, and it just so happens that they were abused extremely in a very extreme situation by Michael Jackson. If you don't believe it, I don't think you could watch this documentary and not think something's amiss. Um, Michael Jackson is a nasty Edward Scissorhand dressing up motherfucker. Freak, pill popping, uh, wine drinking, uh, face destroying, nasty, uh, sexual abuser. And he's also, he also was a great musician, great singer, a great philanthropist. And you could be all those things. That That's another thing that the, the film talks about is like, you know, they had a very human relationship with him. He was a bunch of great things and... He's a nasty, no good, shitty, secretive, secret telling, lying child molester. You know, the big question, like I said, is that why didn't they deal with this? Why didn't they testify against him when he was alive? Yo, when, when you get sabotaged emotionally like that, when you get uh, abused like that, and the amount of feelings and shame uh, that you, you must feel, there's no, there's no rational reason how your body works. Um, but when he passed for these two kids um, and they had gone into adulthood and they both happened to have sons, a lot of feelings came up. Um, and, and it came up uh, in the form of admitting to their wives, admitting to their moms, who, who definitely had been enablers. And, and they're very honest about what happened to them when they were kids. You know, so I, I can't go into all of it uh, because it's just so much. And like I said, it's four plus hours. Um, all I can say is that if you have any doubts about the film, uh, watch Leaving Neverland. If you have kids, do your best to, to protect them because there are nasty, filthy motherfuckers out there. And uh, this is just a 1% of the 1% of the 1% of the 1% that it was Michael Jackson. Don't trust anybody. Uh, if you have a gut feeling in regards to protecting your kids, don't trust anybody uh, because that gut feeling is there for a reason. It's your instinct. It's God. It's your heart. Um, and this movie's just bugged the fuck out. And I'll probably Willie Hutch, this motherfucking Edward Scissorhand dressing fucking weirdo uh, in the next episode. Uh, but I just wanted to break down what, what I saw, and I also watched this hour-long thing with the with the two victims, the survivors, who are clearly still struggling, who are, who are getting death threats from Michael Jackson fans. They talked about getting death threats from Michael Jackson fans. The one kid talks about with Oprah Winfrey that when the movie came out, because it's live, he still felt bad about uh, betraying Michael Jackson. And it just it's just breathtaking to hear because... You understand, like, he's like, well, I don't want to betray his fans. You know, I don't want to betray him. He was he, he was a friend of mine. Um, so it, it's fucking out there. Um, but it's certainly not uh, for the meek. It's, it's very graphic in, in its language. 
and it's disturbing. Um, but I think inevitably this film, outside of the Michael Jackson uh, part of it, will wind up helping a lot of people come to terms uh, and hopefully heal with with any sort of uh, a sexual misconduct uh, they may they may have faced. So you should definitely check out uh, Leaving Neverland, um, and just know that my personal opinion is that ne- Michael Jackson is a fucking piece of shit. All right, so that's it. That's it. This is the end of an hour long of Smash Mouth podcasting, the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast. Um, you know where to find us. You know where to find me. Um, Miles, Jordan, I'm all talked out. Uh, give me something real nice. Give me something real proper. And take me out of here with something, something real funky. I'm out.